Hey guys, what's up? So this episode is actually really special because this is with my man Andre Frisch, Merch Frisch, as he's known. I'm pronouncing that wrong, but that's uh, that's what he goes by. And there's some really cool stories in here about the beginnings of the Gaslight Anthem on their first few tours in Germany back in 2009. And Andre's been a part of the Gaslight family for a long time, and he still is, and he will be forever, and this episode's a blast. So if you want to get a little bit more on the inside of what went on in the early days of the Gaslight Anthem and crazy German tours and show cancellations and all that stuff, check this out. This intro's long, but hey, this episode's worth it. Like basically every day we, we found this uh, like uh, old pupil TV station and me and my girl we just like uh, yeah, we drink some tea I drink a glass of rum we watch Murder She Wrote and uh, yeah it's, <laughs> we do this basically every day like for two episodes. Well, it's funny that you say that because I remember you telling me or no maybe it was Alex Rosamelia that told me. Um, did you learn English? from watching cartoons or did is that real yeah that is real okay it's, that's basically how, how that worked yeah i i come from a small village in northern germany and it's basically just like right next to the dutch border mm-hmm. so when i grew up um i could watch dutch television and they don't do like uh synchronizations they don't, don't dub their shows they yeah. just do like subtitles because like it's way too expensive for them to do like uh, Dutch uh, sub, uh, Dutch synchronizations of shows and, and movies and such. So um, and they already had those um, weekend Saturday Sunday morning cartoon shows like it was called the Fun Factory and DJ the Cat Show <laughs> stuff like that. And they had all these amazing eighteen eighties action cartoons and um, that w- were not shown in German television. So that's what I watched. I didn't understand any word, but I liked what I saw. And I, from time to time, I just like grabbed some words. Dude, that's so cool. All right, so let's let's take it back. Let's hop in the quantum tunnel. We're going in. We're going Ooh, into the quantum I, I got, realm. I got a segue. I got a perfect segue for this one. What? Because um, you remember like in, in 2007, the first time Guess I Ate Them came over? Yes. And they stayed at my place like for, for a week or something. Yes. And um, one of the reasons we kind of like bonded in a way, especially with Rosamelia, was that uh, at that time he was rambling to his friends about this 80s cartoon show that nobody knew about. Uh-huh. He had like this, this skit about uh, at the end of every episode, there's this angry guy and he was like throwing a TV out of the window and every episode and nobody knew what he was talking about. Nobody knew that show. Mm-hmm. Like, and he was like desperate to find somebody like all his friends in the States. Nobody knew that show. So they're playing their first tour in Europe, <laughs> playing a show in Germany. After that, had to hang out like for, for a week at this weird guy's apartment. And then he's telling about that show. And I was just like, I, sounds familiar. I know that show. And not that I not only knew that show, I had the DVD box of that show. <laughs> so I could 
pull it out. And it was the first time he could show everybody else that he wasn't crazy, that this show existed, <laughs> that somebody else knew that show. And we could watch that show. It was a new in humanoids. Oh, that's right. I, okay. So I do remember that. So yeah. let's go back to how this is a per yo, you're good at this. We got to co-host this. We got to do, <laughs> we got to do a German version of this actually. Okay. Here, I, here's something I want to mention real quick. All right. So just, I'm from Germany. Yes. Yes. Andre's from Germany. Where are you in? You're in Cologne, right? Yeah. I'm okay. In Cologne. All right. Andre's in Cologne. So let's put it this way. How many languages do you speak Two. Basically? Yes. So you speak German and English. Yeah, I had French in school, but I was really bad at it. And But like, do you understand the, some French? A little bit. Just like really much? a little bit. Enough to, get you and, by, um, enough to get you by in France? No. No, okay, okay. Because they just don't... You, you have been in France, they just uh, refuse to speak any other language or even try to understand what you're doing not all so, of them um, not all of them not all of them just some of them not everybody you've in been, there. I've been there it's, and no some of them. I, no i've been there and you're right but not everybody is like that there's i've met a lot of people in france that are just lovely like there's a family i know in france that just come from coming gaslight shows and they are like the sweetest people like they always anytime i was selling merch they always came up and talked to me i think you might know them too i wish i could remember their names but i didn't know we were going to talk about this but like you it, it, it's not everybody so just yeah of course it's not everybody but I've, I've even been on tour with a french band and they were super nice and uh -huh. we were like really connecting and liked each other but we couldn't communicate because they they didn't speak any, like nearly no word english or even german uh, i couldn't speak real french so we, we knew we got along but we just there was no way to communicate it was a whole week of tour really well that's the thing but like the the couple the the couple that the family that i was talking about because they have children like the the husband and the wife they they spoke english to me the whole time like they knew i didn't speak english and they they are of course yeah, people like that, that speak english yeah. but it's, that's it's the thing we got to start we kind of like start the, the thing I, i'm not the biggest fan of touring in, in france especially for that reason it's yeah i always found it hard to to communicate with the people maybe it's because i'm not german and they just like refuse to talk to me it could be a reason i don't know yeah well but, that's, uh, a, that's a whole other podcast episode every, every other country and then uh in Europe, where you would have to switch languages, it's never that difficult. No, especially since you always find your ground on on English. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like okay, so here's my point though. If you had asked, this is about this is not okay, and this is just a a little bit of a comment about education and things like that and diversity. Okay, so if Andre had asked me to do this episode with him in german i would have literally been like i i would have laughed i would have been like i cannot do that because yes i grew up in the country i grew up in but i didn't learn any other languages growing up and in the educational system i didn't learn anything like that i wasn't prepared for that 
kind of a thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, so when, you know, when you're saying like, oh, sorry, my English is shit. I'm like, oh, well, guess what? My, my, my language skills are non-existent. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I'm getting at with that is that like, you know, it, it's possible to be multilingual, you know, (laughs) and to be diverse and to be open to other people's ideals. It is, but, um, like, especially in the, the whole area we are living and, and, and working in, um, pop culture is English. Like the records, most of my records I got here, all like English lyrics. The, the shows I watch, the cartoon shows I started watching, everything is in English. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much that I learned it in school. Actually, my, my grades were terrible in school. <laughs> but um, like the whole... Uh, like culture, my life, uh, everything I'm interested in um, is sort of like based on English. That's like like an international language in that case that uh, we all can agree on that. Yeah. Oh, and I'm not disparaging the English language. The English language is great, but I'm just saying that if you don't, if you don't grow up in, in America, you might not, you, there's a chance that you're multi that you're that you're bilingual. If you don't grow up in America, there's a chance that you speak perfect English, but also like you speak multiple languages as well. And we don't have that. Like so that's and again, I'm not complaining like whatever. I'm just saying, I'm just shining a light on that fact that like hey, like we're not really taught other languages here cuz that's the idea of the we are number 1. You know what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? So it's like, we don't need to learn other languages. And I'm like, no, damn it. I wish I would have learned fucking German. But I understand a little bit of it now. Like, so after touring so much, I understand a little bit of it. Ooh, did I ever uh, spoke to you in my actually, like, let's call it native tongue? No, what's your native tongue? Where I grew up, like, we this this area in northern Germany. And basically every area in Germany has their own slang, their own... Like it's it's a real different language. It's even like more close to Dutch than it is to to normal German. Like nobody in Cologne would understand me if I wenn ich mit dir anfangen wollte, irgendwie Platisch zu schnacken. What? Yeah, and even like Cologne people would never understand what I just said. So say, yo, dude, let's smoke a joint in your native language. <laughs> <laughs> or say something like it. Um, <laughs> you gotta, yo, when we get off this, like at some point in the near future, we gotta have like a FaceTime or a Skype and you gotta teach me how to say that because <laughs> I'm just gonna say that all the time. <laughs> I'm gonna text Kenny that every day. Okay, so let's get back. Okay, we went off track a lot, but let's get back to 2007. So how did that happen? Tell me about you taking Gaslight in for how long was it? Um, I I think it turned out to be like a week or eight or nine days. I'm not so sure. It was like, it was their first tour in in, in Europe. And um, I used to to put up shows. Mm -hmm. Like I'm one of those DIY kids and we had this... Uh, group over here in Cologne and we just like put up shows and uh, especially for, for Gunner who booked Gaslight oh. at that time and uh, Gunner Records uh, put out the Gunner out. Records right and who put out like Sigmund Swim over here 
And uh, well, it, was, it was normal that he's just like, yeah, okay, new band, bring them over, like we do a show. Um, the thing at that point was that um, for some weird reason, nobody wanted to do a Gaslight show. Like there were two classic Rocky for the punk people, uh-huh. but also like too punky for the, the classic rock people. So yeah. it was like a mixture that, that some people didn't know how to, to, to work with. So um, I think it was the second show on their tour when they played in Cologne. And uh, we had like a fun night and how those DIY shows work. They slept at my place and a friend's place. Like we lived in the same house on different floors. Uh, Björn was his name. And uh, just so they just stayed. And um, it turned out at that night that they uh, were well, for the next four or five days. They had like no shows, all day offs. They got like, there was one show somewhere in Belgium, but the promoter never got back to them. So uh, they basically said, like, we don't risk going there. Then they have no place to stay or anything. So um, I said, yeah, it's no problem. Just like stay here. And so yeah, we, I mean, I'll say this because I'm sure I know none of those dudes are going to have a problem with me saying this, but they were probably broke at the time too. Like, not broke, but yeah, they're probably of course, like, like they, they just they came were, over. They were there was no their money, to money. Be made Yeah, those. they were paying their own money to be there. I'm pretty positive yeah. at that point, but yeah. So anyway, continue. Sorry. So it was no problem for me at all, and for Bjorn as well. So they they could stay. They had like I think it was five six six or seven days later they had a show nearby just like a one hour drive so that's basically how we just decided to you're gonna stay here after that show you can come back and then just like go on with your tour after that first week where they had the, like the first two shows and then all the day offs and all that stuff then the the tour hit off and at that point um there were even um some shows i could snuck in there for them. Like, uh, I remember this one festival in, in Berlin um, was by a magazine called Uncle Sally's. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bands I toured with, they were all like involved with this magazine somehow. And um, I literally, <laughs> I kind of like, I, I begged Eric for this, just let him play. They don't even want money. <laughs> they're going to take care of their own. Like they're going to sleep at their friend's place. Just let them play. They just want to play. Wow. And I think it was not even like half a year later or maybe like a quarter year later, there were the hardest shit on the market and everybody wanted them. That was so weird, but that's how how we met. Yeah, they, they stayed at my place like for all those days, and uh, uh, we kicked a lot, watched terrible movies like um, Das Das Boot. I didn't know oh that one. God. Jesus Christ, Vampire Hunter, some B movie shit. <laughs> Just like uh, yeah, it was fun time. You know, but that's a testament to them to to the Gaslight Anthem because when they. When they got successful, were you like, did you feel, were you so happy for them? Of course. Because they're such great people. Yes. Yeah. And they, and you know, they struggled, you know, you were there when they struggled. You helped them through those struggles, you know? Yeah. Although like I, I never, it didn't feel to me like struggle because like 80% of the bands we put up shows to uh, for uh, we're in the same position yeah like they 
That, that was basically my scene, this whole DIY, punk, uh, hardcore, whatever stuff. Um, there were, it, it didn't feel to me like they were struggling more than anybody else at that time. So it was like how music business was working. It yeah. was completely normal. And when they hit off, it was like, oh, great. They just Now I can see how this works in the successful way like how a band develops and gets is, is getting bigger and stuff like that and that was a fun thing for me to just like watch see a like one of those hundreds of bands that we put up shows for there's actually this one band that that, that makes it and you know what man they yeah but that's the thing <clears throat> another testament to them <clears throat> Sorry, I don't want to get. I mean, yeah, you know what? We we love them, so yeah. I don't really, actually. I don't really care. This is a nice glow up to Gaslight because they <laughs> fucking deserve it because they are great fucking dudes, all of them. Um, but so, just a testament to who they are. I I me and you met in two thousand ten. Yeah, we met. That was my first tour with Gaslight. I was doing merch for them, and I met you backstage, and I just remember. They all saw you. Like we were all walking together somewhere, and I think it was—I think it was Alex, Alex, and uh, Perkins, I believe. I think it was Alex, Alex, and Perkins. And they saw you, and they were like, "Oh my god!" And like, and I was like, "Who is this fucking guy?" <laughs> and then they introduced me, and they're like, "Oh, this is Andre. He does merch for TurboStat. Like, he and they—they—they had—they had already talked to me." about you before that though like the night before they were like yo we're seeing andre and turbo stop tomorrow and i was like who the fuck is that? i was like thinking in my head like, who and then seeing that i was like oh that's andre and we ended up selling merch next to each other that day yeah that was that was when me and you first became friends i don't even remember how it happened but we just like we hit it off dude like it's you know right away it was one of those things to where i'm gonna be friends with this guy for the rest of my life it was like I I do remember it. I can't tell you how it happened that it did work out yeah. in some sort of way. I mean like we're both likable people, so it's <laughs> sort of like a force of nature that it did happen. But um yeah, it was this uh, the festival in Saarbrücken, Saarland around the Schlacko. And um like with most German festivals like nowadays it's a huge festival. Yeah, like, oh, really, yeah. like massive. Uh, I think it's like like forty thousand or something uh, people nowadays. Yeah, uh, but back in that day, I think there were around like ten ten thousand people, mm -hmm. and then um, they have these terrible merch spots where you just like put up those tents and. You better be uh, uh, pray that it doesn't rain because most of the time, like you, you got like no floors, just like the, the it's grass. It's yeah. All your phone's gonna be wet and stuff like that. Um, it's hard to get any drinks to the merch place. You always have to leave. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was. I, I remember that it was a fun day, but I can't tell you why. Oh wait, no, dude. I just remembered how we met. You, we were helping each other get down to the merch area with our boxes and you would oh, okay it. and i didn't because i got hired by gaslight like right before that like it was i didn't have much of an advance like i didn't have any contacts so like i i didn't really have time to advance shit 
And like some of the merch got sent to the festivals ahead of time. So it was like, all right, you don't have to worry about it this day. This is going to be counted in and ready to go. All you got to do is count out. That's it. And then for this festival, though, this was the first one I actually, actually, this was the first festival or the first show I sold merch for Gaslight for in, in Europe. Actually, this was oh. day one. Yeah, wow, holy shit! I, I didn't, I didn't realize this till right now. My brain was just like, "Hey, doof, this is it." <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I remember you helped me that day because you, you obviously speak German, so you had gotten everything done already. And you're like, "Oh yeah, we're doing this. We're going down here. This is the merch area. It sucks, cool, whatever." But Bad Religion's playing, so whatever. And I was like, "All right, dope. Let's do it." <laughs> oh yeah right bad religion was playing as well dude there's a photo from that day too and i you have to find it i don't know who has it i really um, i gotta think about who has this photo because i don't know but it's a photo of me and you and you're like you're holding a sign and it's pointing to me and it's like uh if you want gaslight merch, ask the cute guy or something like that. It was something, oh. it's something like that. But dude, you had no beard or you had like a little beard. Yeah. And short hair. Is your hair long now or is it short again? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude, just let oh. it go. Just take it out. Take it out. Come on. Take it out for the podcast. Do it for me. Oh my yeah. God. Dude. Full <laughs> rookie. Full Wookie. <laughs> I love that the hair is more than your face. <laughs> <laughs> you, the, I, uh, the, the thing is why I didn't have a beard and uh, long hair at that point was uh, it was more or less shortly after um, like my my sister got like uh, the uh, uh, jet cancer, oh, like shit. stomach cancer, cancer. Oh, and wow. um, there was this event at uh, the, my uh, the home village uh, for my niece. It was it's called communion. I don't know the English word for that. It's like some Catholic shit. Whether yeah, it's communion. Yeah, it's same oh, th- same thing. Communion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm uh, like she's uh, the godfather of my of my niece. So um, we had to go there and go to the church, and there was a time where she just like had no hair at all. And uh, since it's like a little village, I didn't want to, the, the village to talk about my sister that much. So um, I just like shaved everything. Like I shaved my head, the beard <laughs> was just like all plain skin. And uh, that was the bigger talk than my sis having cancer at the communion of my niece. Like everybody was talking, who's that guy? We don't know them. Hey guys, here at Stories, we support family-owned small businesses. With that said, we want to promote our friends over at Purgatory Roasters in Middletown, Connecticut, and they want to give you a discount on their amazing coffee. Use the code STORIES for 15% off your purchase at purgatoryroasters.com. They are open for in-person service as well at their facility in Middletown, Connecticut. It's in the Factory Square building. So if you're on the East Coast, check that out. Also, they're all about punk rock and skateboarding and and I'm all about both those things, and I love their coffee. It is amazing. Check it out. Get the discount. 15% off stories. PurgatoryRoasters.com So let's go back to Gaslight. Uh, 2012. This is just, again, a testament to how they are. I was doing merch for them, and they were like, hey, like, you know, 
if you need an assistant, you know, for this tour coming up, you know, I know these these are kind of bigger shows. We, if you want, we could hire Andre, and he could just be your guy, and like be your assistant, and like, but but again, it wasn't like you know, oh, he's your assistant. It was like we were fucking equals, but dude. That was so much fun. So let's talk about 2012. Let's talk about this. <laughs> let's talk about this shirt right here that I'm wearing. Oh, yeah. You could see. It was the first one we did. Yeah. That was the first. I don't even. Oh, the second. Okay, we have more. So let's talk about this one first. This tour in particular. What day did you come on with us? Um, I'm not sure. I think. Should be one of the German, like you. I think you started out in in the UK, didn't you? Um, yeah, that tour in 2012, we started in the UK. So you didn't, you weren't on it in the beginning. We started in the UK and we kind of ripped through that first. And then the UK was mostly venue sell on the that. So it it was like it was whatever. And then. We went to. We were in Germany and in mainland Europe for few, like three weeks, probably. Um, but that was 2012, and that was uh, Dave Hawes and Blood Red Shoes, right? Yeah. Yes, that's right. Oh yeah. Okay, now I'm remembering this tour. I wish I brought. The we, we were down. selling their their merch as well. Uh, I remember that like Dave Hawes shit, just like the. He hit it out of the park. It went really well for him. Yeah, um, Blood Red Shoes not so much. That they didn't like, really hit off with the with the crowd. Uh, guess I'd had. Yeah, but that's the thing. They're such a good band. They're amazing. They're they really a great good. band. But like, just not what the kids wanted from them. Yeah, but it was one of those things to where um, they're like again. Blood Red Shoes is. I don't even know if they're still around. This is how much I don't. I'm out of the loop. But I hope they are because actually I want to listen to them again right after this because. They are really good, and their shows were... And they were great people, too. They were just so nice. Yeah, but, um, super nice. Yeah, super nice. And we sold merch for everybody. We sold merch for yeah. Blood Red Shoes and Dave Haas. And that was... Dude, that was so much fun. We That was... Because that was Gaslight. That time was... It was a few... It was a couple months after Gaslight's... Uh, after Handwritten come out. Yeah. And it was... Gaslight was fucking just on a trajectory. They were just, it's like somebody, like somebody put them in a slingshot and it was like, boom. <laughs> but yeah, those shows were busy as hell. So what do you remember about that tour? Um, it was like, it was fun just like selling the merch, but because like we really sold a lot of merch. Yeah. Like, uh, it was, really um sort of like intense for like this this crowd and the side of the venues and just like doing that uh with two guys was like just like fun working all the mm -hmm. time it was because it was no not, not stressful in a way that you would be feel overwhelmed it was just you just had this flow it was like basically dancing yeah. in these uh, areas that we <laughs> made up uh just like grabbing the shirts from behind you <laughs> rolling around you and stuff like that. Um, I remember for the German shows that uh, I started speaking English to the German crowd yep. so they don't keep speaking German to you, <laughs> um, refusing to acknowledge that you don't speak any German. So we try to do like, we, we are all Americans here. 
So uh, we did this whole skit about like me trying to to speak uh, uh, English to the people and fool them that I'm, I'm somehow English or American, and uh, and I remember that there were already uh, the crowd was overlapping with the crowd that comes to Turbostart shows. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, since I've been doing Turbostart now for I don't know fifteen. <laughs> somewhat near to 20 years um, they know me <laughs> and they didn't understand understood why i was talking english all the time uh -huh. and pretending to be american that's one thing i remember <laughs> and you didn't hey andre you didn't fool anybody nobody thought you were american <laughs> no that, but i didn't understood why i was trying to do that yeah like what i mean i've like it's just, yeah, I mean, it was one of those things. And it was where, a German crowd. Of course, I fooled somebody over there. Yeah, but I don't know. It's like, I mean, it still worked. It still worked. We still made it happen at it the end. It didn't work. They still talked German to you. <laughs> you were yelling at them. That no, you don't I understand. wasn't yelling at them. Yo, I was not yelling at them. I was, I, I mean, maybe I'm a, New York, I'm a New Yorker, so it probably sounded like I was yelling at them. But I'd just be like, oh, no, sorry. Uh, I, I, I'm, I I'm not sure, but I think, I'm not sure it was on the same tour. Uh, did we get back to to England? This whole Odyssey no, I had with um, that was a different tour. That was, that was, that was 2014 because England was after. Yes, but 2012. Yeah, that, that. 2012 was the tour where you ran every day, and you told me that this is something that I hope you anybody listening doesn't do this i'm not promoting this i'm not in i'm not encouraging you for what you've what you said but andre in 2012 i i i i, I noticed one day he wasn't he doesn't drink water and i asked him i was like you don't drink water and he, he and he said what did you say uh, i said water is a waste of taste you said water is a waste of taste <laughs> You're, there's going to be some outrage right now to people listening. I'm outraged still. Do you drink water now? Um, barely, <gasps> but I'm dude. I mean, and you're, you know, Hey, you're, you're doing something right. I guess, I guess you're doing something right. I guess so. Like <laughs> my, my, my girl, she's drinking water all the time. She's this three liter, uh, uh, thing she does every every day i think it's three liters that's good you're yeah, supposed yeah. to drink yeah something like that. she's doing sports and all that shit but um i have to admit at the end of the day i'm the more relaxed and less stressed person around here hmm. yeah but that 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 goes back to to this too like yeah mindset yeah like you're kind of one of the most positive dudes i've ever met like you have just a good i Dude, you know, you we've talked about it. Like it's you are just an anomaly. You've always been you and it's been like it's a good thing because you are great. So it's like you don't change. You're good. But maybe drink Oh, a little, no, no, no. never, little, never, definitely not. If I had any chance to like write a, a letter to like my I don't know, like 13 or 14 year old me, uh-huh. Like the only thing I would write in there is like just Keep doing this. Like whatever they say, whatever. If they make fun of you, just ignore it. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna all be awesome. Oh man. That's see, that's a great perspective, man. I'm almost there. I'm getting I'm getting there. I'm climbing the ladder. 
But okay, so but also in 2012 was when you said one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Uh, <laughs> we were all hanging out, and again, you would always wake up early and go running, but you would still stay up as late as us. And we would just, I, I mean, even me, I slept until right before loading. Sometimes I would sleep through loading and, and let you do it. I'd be like, ah, Andre's going to be up, whatever. He knows what he's doing. It's fine. Um, but there was one night where you went to bed and it was probably like three in the morning and like, you know, the usual suspects, me, Rosamelia, Levine and Perkins were up and you go upstairs and you're like, all right, guys, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a tight sleep. <laughs> That's still one of, I still, anytime anybody asks me about you or like if I'm talking about you and anybody, I tell them that story and it's just so funny, dude. The sad sad thing about that is I don't know why. Like I know it's wrong what I said, but I don't know how wrong it is. I think I say have a tight sleep more than i say sleep tight now so there you go you turned me (laughs) you converted me into that um okay but that was but dude the 2014 tour that was where a lot of crazy shit happened so let's fast forward to that that was the get hurt tour oh yeah and what was the shirt you designed for that tour because i didn't get one of those I, i we sold out of those so fast um so we did like the, the tour before, just like to get a little bit back, um, we had this Halloween show in, um, I think it was Frankfurt. It was Berlin. No, that was on the Get Hurt uh, tour. Yeah, we're talking about the Get tour Hurt. tour before that in the 2012. Oh, the tour before that was in Frankfurt. That tour, yes. That was the one that you were wearing. Yeah. I think that yes. was the one. Um, because like, um, I guess I wanted to do like this, this Halloween um, encore set where they just like uh, did some, some uh, Misfits cover. Mm-hmm. And I already did, like, just for fun, for, for the crew, for everybody, for us, I did this um, black metal uh, gaslight shirt with a, like, glow-in-the-dark print. I can even, I should have prepared this, but I could have do a little uh, quick run and show it. Um, so we had this, um, that you can barely read that it's gaslight anthem, but it's in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I promise it's in there. And uh, But that, that was just for the for the crew and, and the band, just like a, a little gimmick that uh, we did. And we came to the idea, like, like, let's do it like a day shirt. Just like one thing, just like 100 shirts, 150 shirts. I don't know what we ordered. Um, just sell it for today. And we did this Misfits ripoff thingy. So in 2014, we had the show in Berlin again on Halloween. And from the date, I think it was the um, Friday the 31st. Yes, that's right. Um, because it was like the 31st. Yep. I came up with the idea, let's, let's do like the, the, the original movie poster of um, uh, Friday the, uh, the 13th. Mm-hmm. So we did a like one day Halloween shirt where like from the, um, the knife, the get hurt, uh, right. was like dripping off and stuff That's like that. It. Yes, and I didn't get one. Oh, you didn't. I mean, I, oh. I mean, I think I got one, and I just I don't know. I think I lost it because obviously I'm me, so yeah. I lose some things. Wait, hold on. Was the George shirt the the George? Remember the George shirt? 
with uh, our sound guy Joe, his dog. Oh yeah, uh, with the puck. Yeah. Yeah. When was that? That that was. It was the same tour actually. Was it 2014 or 2015? Yeah, should, should have been the 2014. The, yeah. Yeah. Should, must, must have been the. Yes, that's right. That was awesome, man. Oh, that shirt. I didn't get one of those shirts either. Or I think I lost it. I lost <laughs> one of those fucking things too. God, I'm so stupid. But that shirt was so cool. And that went, you know, that money all went to something that, you know, was a good cause for everybody, you know? Yeah, that's one, like, example how, like, touring works as a family. Like, when, when it came up that... Like Joe had this problem with his dog back at home. Yeah, had to pay like for this operation for this dog, mm -hmm. and like was struggling with the money for that operation. And I, I remember that like Brian was telling me about that, and I think he had the idea of like doing a shirt mm -hmm. to sell for like for Joe, so we would collect the money that way. And then we sat down and did like this little, little design with some puck. But it was uh, not it was George. It was his dog George, and it was uh, it was a great photo of him like wearing a hoodie, and uh, on the bottom it said Serenity Now, and that's from Seinfeld because he named the dog after George Costanza. So the shirt was Gaslight Anthem Serenity Now underneath, and it was it sold out obviously that night. Like it was done, but like yeah, man, it was great. It was, but that's the thing, man. That's and and you know. Obviously, that's a big glow up to Gaslight because you know that's just how they are as people. They they take care of their own. But like, you know, that's that's something I've seen personally with a lot of bands that do that. A lot of bands just if something if they find out something is amiss with anybody in their crew, it's like fucking they're jumping into action. What can we do? Yeah. Even with even with COVID, man, all the bands I worked for that like not all the bands, but the three main bands I work for have just stepped up so much to help out the crew and it's it's great man like they and that's just it, it it extends beyond touring too it's like when shit really hits the fan in real life those people have your back still you know so and that's just a testament to how they are and that's i think that's why they've all been as successful as they've been because they are good people at heart you know yeah and when they just don't see you plainly just like at guns for hire like when they actually have like a, a sense of why you are there, like that they, they chose you as well for a reason and not just for the reason because like we're pushing shirts and counting money and the other one is just like doing the lights on and off, whatever. But um, they also chose you, choose you for like your character, for being a friend, whatever, so that you have this family vibe on tour. And it is, man. And I mean, and, and I've been fortunate in you know, more often than not, I've had a few stinker tours, but whatever. I, I don't, I don't have to think about those because I think about all the good shit I've done and the amazing people that I've had surround me in the years. And I guess I'll have to include you in the list. <laughs> yeah, I, just like, I always have like two, two rules. The only reasons I go on tour with bands because like, I can work here in Cologne. Like I work at a record store and you DJ other stuff. Too. Like, yeah, you fucking crush yeah, it. Well, yeah, like I always find ways to 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 earn money in some sort of way. Um, so uh, and then for one reason, so I don't have to do every tour. Yeah, I can choose. And uh, there's always like just like two reasons why I go on tour. The one thing is like because I like the people, 
And the other thing would be um, they pay really good. <laughs> so I did like you, so <laughs> I came on tour. Yeah, it's it, that's the thing. It's like I'll I'll always take the I'll always take the tours that you know. If I know I'm making a little bit less money, and it, but it's with a band that I've toured with in the past that like I just love, I don't give a fuck. If it's an, if it's if it's in a van, I don't give a fuck. I'm doing that tour, you know. If yeah. you know, but so it's one of those things. You got to kind of like you got to let touring work for you. You can't, you know. You got to like. I mean, I at least I know now. Like when things go back to normal, I'm gonna treat touring as like a secondary thing. It's going to be like, cool, I'm going to stick with the bands that I love. I'm not looking for any more bands. I know who I'm going to stick with, and that's it. Like, nobody yeah. else. Um, but okay, so what So what else happened to that tour in 2014? Uh, so we went to this um, in Italy, I think uh, Milan. We had this, um, yes. I think Perkins found this, this wrestling dude store. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't even know if what was it a store or just like this guy's apartment in some like, sort of way. It looked like a guy's first floor apartment, but it kind of looked like a store too. Like the way we walked into it, like the entrance looked like uh okay, it looks like a fucking a guy's place. But then you get inside and it's like all the shit was up. Like it was like a store, but it was you know probably a weird setup, but. That was fun, man. We got to hold the tag team title belts. <laughs> I had this ridiculous, like, ultimate warrior mask on my face. Yep. I think I even bought a shirt that was way too small, as I like, <laughs> turned out. And you bought the... Did you buy the warrior, or did you have him on tour? No, I had him. You had him on I tour, like, like, at uh, the merch table. I got the... Uh, wait, you see him over there? Oh, my God, dude! Yes! And yeah, that's the home amazing. next to it as well. Yep. Wow, that's fucking sick, dude. I forgot about that. But yeah, we got to hold the tag team title belts. We got, we got a photo. I'll I'll post the photo when this when this drops, and it'll be funny. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, once this drops. But that was a f that was a great day. And then what else did we do? Didn't you take you took Brian to a few a few like you went with him. Uh, to like in stores a couple times, or did we all go with him? Did me and you go with him? Um, no, because like it was this this secret kind of thing that he wanted to propose to his uh, now wife. I yes, think it was. that's right. Oh, right. And um, and at that time we were in Germany most of the time. Yeah. So uh, we always got up early and went to like some some um, what is it called? Like people who sell jewels, Tiffany, and drinks and people stuff. who sell jewels. It's called Tiffany. <laughs> this is one store. Like it's not like how you call those oh, stores. Oh, jewelry store, jewelry store. See, that's sorry, word for sorry, it. I didn't pay so, attention. My bad. <laughs> so we went to those uh, stores, and he was looking for a ring, and I was kind of like his uh, translator slash um, deal maker, <laughs> consigliere. Concierge, there you go. I can't even say that word right. Fuck, conciliate, conciliate. I don't know, whatever. Who cares? Come on, you watch some mafia movies. Of course, yeah. We're fucking, yeah, in the Bronx. That's, yeah, of course you watch mafia movies. Actually, no, not anymore. That's boring. Um, yeah, that, that was kind of fun. I remember that. Uh, I'm not sure if you were there for that one that was in Munich, and actually it was Tiffany's. Yes, I, I wasn't there. there with you. That was you went with him by <laughs> yourself, 
because you would talk to them on the phone too. You had been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we, we ordered actually what he wanted to have, like in, in up front, sort of. Right. Because like we didn't find anything anywhere else. So uh, we went there like really early. The, the the bus came up. We just like parked the bus and right off, get up before everybody else. Um, took a taxi, went there, and they were like opening that store at that moment. And you could see like how those, uh, like uh, that this. I don't know how to call it. Uh, oh, the gate, the gate, the gate. Yeah, that they were pulling the gate. Was up. Yeah. Close. Mm-hmm. They were opening it, <clears throat> and at some point, like we were the only two people waiting in front of that door. And, at some and point, the two of you, we know what the two of you look like. You look like a <laughs> yeah, like, with a bit, giant bit beard, tattoos. We had like yeah. some cigarettes, coffee in our hands. Yes, and just, exactly. Like, the jackets we were, <laughs> and half half of the way, like the gate just suddenly stopped. And you could see, like, there was this one pair of, like, legs behind that door. <gasps> and just, like, the, the gate stopped. And those pair of legs vanished and came back. And there was, like, a second pair of legs at that point before they started, like, opening the gate <gasps> in total. Oh, my God. That was really funny to just, like, they letting us in. And I think... Brian bought like the most expensive ring they sold of a whole day, probably. I, I don't know, but I would probably in it. that in that day, probably yes. Like probably, yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah, for, just like for that for that day. But uh, it was was kind of fun, like for them to to realize obviously they don't want to rob us; they actually want to buy stuff. Yeah, they're not gonna. They, they actually want to spend money here. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, do you guys like Pilsners? Do you like IPAs? Do you like stouts? Do you like beer in general? If yes, then we have the place for you. Be sure to visit DecadentAles.com to browse their current selection available for pickup and shipping. And make sure to use the code STORIES for 10% off your order. That's S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S for 10% off your order. They currently ship to 10 states plus Washington, D.C. Or you can visit their tap room located in Mamaroneck, New York, a short 30-minute train ride from New York City. Once again, that code is STORIES, S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S, and follow Deccan and Ales on Instagram. On that same tour, we had the um, whole border incident uh, on our way back from Italy through Switzerland to Germany, where, like, they... You were asleep. <laughs> didn't even, what uh, got this yeah, tell me. I didn't know what happened. Tell me. I have no idea what's going on. Like, Joe woke me up, like, in the middle of the night. Uh, just, like, told me, dude, we, we got some problems at the, the, the German-Switzerland border. Like, the truck with the whole production, they, they won't let it into Germany. And it can't go back because, like, it's now right in the, the middle of Switzerland, Germany, like, some sort of, like, no-man's land. And there's some sort of problem, but he can figure out what it is. And um, could you just like translate and help in some sort of way? <clears throat> so I said, yeah, yeah, of course, I can do whatever I can. But I'm not so like, I never saw Kanye till that day. Like, I know how to deal with merch on the border, with the taxes yeah. and duties and all that stuff. But um, the production I normally tour with 
when I'm also doing like tour management in any sort of way, we don't even use Kanye's. Yeah. Like if you, you just like got like one nightliner and you got like some trailer yeah. in the back of it, they never ask for it. No, they never ask. They don't earn any money of it. But no. like if you've got a real production truck, so they have to have those papers. So um, Joe gave me like this big books of, of like different colored papers and stuff like that. Like this is a Kanye. There's some sort of like problem. Ooh. What is this? <laughs> That's like, and we had like one hour left until we arrived at the border. So um, uh, we we just like arrived there. And the thing was, um, I, I went to the German uh, border patrol and uh, asked him, "So what? What's the problem?" Like, and he showed me the the Kanye from the the, the truck driver. Said like, um, "Well, the this." With, with bad German accent. Well, the uh, Swiss people, they should have stamped here. Instead, they stamped here, so we can stamp here, and uh, now we can't let them in. Oh, so, that's the only problem. It's easy to fix. So I took those papers, went to the Swiss guys, <laughs> went over there, told them, um, there's a little problem with those papers. You put the stamp on the wrong a piece of paper so if you just could correct it just like put your stamp over here so that the germans can stamp over here mm -hmm. and uh, we can leave this place <laughs> and the swiss guys went like nah 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 the german one is wrong we have to stamp here and he has to stamp here that's the way it's going to be like, wow. seriously so took the papers went back and you have to see like this um for, for people who don't know that this um those borders they're not all in the same building they're on the different sides of, yep. of the streets because yep. like the one are for the ones when you get in and the other ones like for when you get out so it's like a two or three minutes walk when you run from one street to the other one because there's still like traffic going on as well so i took those papers again and went back to the german one who kind of like decided to take a shower or just like make coffee i don't know <laughs> because like he didn't open his his box i told him the Swiss people told me they did it right. You have to do it over here. Like, no, no, they did it wrong. It went like on and off. <laughs> and Joe was behind me and uh, um, no, I don't remember his name. And the tour manager from Scotty. that tour. Scotty. Was it Scotty yeah, or Scotty. Kyle? No, was... Kyle was that tour. Kyle, okay. Yeah, at that, that point it was, was Kyle, like uh -huh. always wearing the suit Preppy, for, yeah. for shows. And um, they were always with me the whole time and they started chattering about like a oh, goddamn Nazis oh, <laughs> and stuff like that. At some point, I don't know if it was the Swiss or the German one, like suddenly spoke English. I understand what you were saying. <gasps> Shut up. Oh, that's probably why they were fucking so, with you for so long, is because those two assholes are just like ah! no, they, there was like what I at some point understood is like how those Kanye work. You got like this one list of stuff you brought from the States to European Union. Yeah. Like those are the guitars. Yeah. First list. <clears throat> then you got a list about the stuff that you um, hired in the European Union to use for your tour. That's another list. So, and then there are two pieces of papers in like two different colors. And the ones you need, if you're going to use your equipment, and you cross like the border that's the paper where they put stamps so that you this is the stuff we bring in and we're going to use it and when you get out of the country on the same page it's just like a stamp for 
we take it with us again. Yeah. And then there are papers for we just like drive through your country. We don't even use the stuff we got here. We got it, but we just kind of like we don't even stop. We don't pee. We don't do anything. <laughs> we just like go straight to your country. Yeah. For some reasons, we had way too much of those. We just pass through and way too less of the, we actually going to use the stuff we have papers. So I don't know when, but at some point already it got all mixed up and they just like put stamps where they shouldn't be. <laughs> so at the point I realized what the problem was, I was like, oh, now I see. You think we're going to play shows in Germany? Nah, <sighs> we're just like, we're driving right through, straight to the UK, just like no shows in the EU, whatever. You can put the stamp over here and then we can go. Because the problem we had at that point, it took so long that the drivers for the truck and the bus as well, they were like at the limit of their driving hours. Mm -hmm. We came to the point where we actually maybe even had made it to the next show because they would have to lay down for i don't know four five six hours i don't know what their uh, pause limit was at that time yeah <laughs> really edgy at that point just like for some some weird paperwork shit oh dude that's and that's so stupid it's just like yeah, whatever we could have a whole episode about how much i hate borders and how stupid borders are of in general borders are fucking pathetic borders walls fuck you stop it just fucking let us all fucking be you assholes anyway so back to uh, uh okay we're gonna we're gonna talk about another border story actually that so this okay so you talk about how i didn't wake up for that one this is another one i did not wake up for so i remember you you were still up with perkins we were crossing the border uh from we were crossing back into the uk Right? Yeah, we were crossing back in the... Yeah, yes, yes, but I was asleep. I was not awake. Okay, I was asleep too, though. We came, so we came from the Netherlands. We had a day off. Yes. And, like, a couple of us stayed in uh, Amsterdam, and the rest of us just, like, already yes. drove to the I UK. think it was Alex and Benny stayed there because their wives, or was it their wives at the time? Uh, or fiat... Mm? No, it was wife and fiancé. There you go. Or no, whatever. Who cares? Doesn't fucking matter. But anyway, their partners were in town, so they decided to stay in Amsterdam, obviously. And then we—I don't know where the fuck we went. Oh no, we had a day off in the UK. We, what we yeah. were supposed to. So I went to bed that night, and me woke, too. I, and Andre did too. And I woke up in the morning, and uh, Andre was not there. I woke up and I asked, the, I was like, I asked the driver, I was like, yo, is Andre up? Because you were always up before me. And they were like, and our drivers, they're ball busters. So I thought they were fucking with me. And they're like, no, he's not here. He got, he got, he got like detained at the border. Like he couldn't, no, he's not here. And I was like, you're fuck. And for like 10 minutes, I was like, seriously, stop. And I went upstairs into the bunk, into the, into the bunk area. And I like looked in your bunk and I was like, and I looked at every section of the bus and I was like, oh, fuck, they were they were not kidding around. He's gone. Oh, shit. What happened? So tell me what happened. What happened was, uh, first of all, I have a like, really good sleep. It takes a while to wake me up if I don't want to wake up. Yep. So um, we were about to, to cross the border from um, France to the UK. Mm-hmm. 
So, and uh, they wanted to see passports. And we all gave our passports to the bus driver at yes. some point. Even me. Like, and I don't have a real passport because we are mainly in, in Europe and we just have this small ID and I can use that for like every country over here. So the bus driver put my small ID in one of the passports so he didn't lose it. Just was so small and the other ones were so big. Um, so uh, the, the, the French guys, they all wanted to see the passports. Everybody else's passport was at the bus driver's. Just mine was missing. And uh, they tried to wake me up and I didn't wake up. So uh, it took them quite a while. And they were already getting like really pissed off that I was letting them wait <laughs> all the time. So yeah. at some point I realized what was happening, just like getting up and what's the problem and stuff. Yeah, your passport. Yeah, well, it's here, the bus driver. And he's like, no, I don't have the passports. Like, <laughs> I gave him out and we were looking in the whole bus for the passport, for like basically my, my ID. And we couldn't find it. Like, I did, can't even tell why you didn't wake up because he basically ripped the whole bus apart. Again, at some point, we were on a time schedule, like with the um, uh, pause time for, for the drivers. So um, the French guys wouldn't let me pass the border. You had to leave because the bus driver had to arrive at some certain point. Mm -hmm. So um, they detained me. Put me in a, and I, I couldn't like ID myself in any way. They couldn't tell who I was in any way. If I was like a German, European, American, or Russian, whatever. So I, you can really blame them in some sort of way. So uh, they put me in a cell and uh, run about like I would say five o'clock ish at some point. It was Sunday, five o'clock ish. They told me like that ah, you can leave now and basically. This was the only English word they, they spoke to me. Again, French people, and they didn't talk to me in any way mm -hmm. except for friends that I uh, did not understand. So they drove me out of that border area. And this is really like in some sort of like shitty Hollywood movie where you think you're like in some army area <sighs> with this huge gate opening at some point. It just let me out of the car and just like, au revoir. Like, wait, wait, where am I? <laughs> like, where am I? Where, where can I go? Like, I had my backpack and grabbed that before I left the bus. But that was basically all I had, like, in, in my, my cell phone and stuff like that. Uh, like, this is, is a bus station, a train station, anything. Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. So I started oh. looking. I, I found a train station that uh, the first train would come up like in two hours, the first one, and only one. Uh, used some translator app on my phone to communicate with some French people how to buy a ticket and where to go. Oh. So um, started to wake, uh, making my way home because I thought like, okay, I still have a real passport at home and then I can like it's a whole day off, get a plane or whatever and uh, go to the UK for the next show. So I was on my way. I was, I think, at that point in Brussels. I think mm -hmm. it was. Um, I had to change the train over there to to get uh, to Cologne. <clears throat> I get this call, or basically this message. I don't know from Alex yes. in Amsterdam. Yes, dude, <laughs> I got I got your ID card pass slash passport. 
because like the bus driver put it in his passport. Yes. And when they stayed in the Netherlands, they took the passport without checking that there was my ID in it. Why of course, because why would you? Of course. Why, yeah. Would, yeah. why would you? Yeah. So <laughs> they realized they had the passport. So um, we already booked you a flight. Come over to Amsterdam and you're going to fly with us tonight. <laughs> I was like, well, what's pretty cool because like I'm in Brussels right now. I have to change the train anyway. So yeah, I'm going to do that. So I wanted to rebook my ticket for the train to get from Brussels to Amsterdam. Uh-huh. Would have had like a whole day in Amsterdam. But it turns out like the company, the train company I had to use in, in Belgium at that point, they had like a technical shutdown in some sort of way. So um, I wasn't even like, there was no way I could change the destiny of my ticket, nor give it back in any sort of way. And I couldn't buy any new ones as well at that point. That didn't work at all at that train station. So I thought like, uh, what the hell, I got enough time. I take the train into Germany and over there I have a discount card. So it would be even cheaper to take another train from there. I think it was Aachen to Amsterdam. And I will still be there in time and would even have saved some money. So ah. I took the way to Germany, got out of the train at the first station in Germany, bought this new ticket to Amsterdam with my discount, got back into the train, crossed the border, and there was Dutch Door Border Patrol. <sighs> so please, can we see your passports? You got any drugs or uh, weapons with you? And I think I still had like, some cash from the merch sales the day before. I don't know. I had like <clears throat> more cash than I usually ha- usually had. Uh-huh. But the main problem was like, oh, I have no idea. So <laughs> I tried to explain to the Dutch guys, and that does work because I speak a little bit of Dutch, mm-hmm. um, and told them the whole story, like where I just came from, that I went from Amsterdam to somewhere in, in France, was on my way back to Germany to get back to Amsterdam <laughs> to fly to England. And uh, of course, uh, yeah, I got the pictures from my ID, from Alex's phone, you know, like he made a picture and stuff like that. Oh. They believed me, but also told me just because we let you go doesn't mean anybody else will do that. Like the next control you will get into, it could be they arrest you again and you oh. have the whole story over again so i felt basically i don't want to compare that to them but sort of like like a refugee where you just like you try to not like to, to fully fit in yeah. just like not out of step in some sort of way which is kind of hard for people like us yeah, <laughs> like we can't fit in. yeah we can't not stand out especially if it's in the summertime with our tattoos we're fucked but i mean like oh yeah you so know for you with the hair and the beard and, uh, yeah that stuff so but at some point I got back to, to Amsterdam, passed by the club, I think <laughs> around about like seven or eight in, in the evening that we left like <laughs> basically 24 hours earlier uh, by, by bus, met with the other guys, got into a plane and we uh, went to the UK and <laughs> we met up with you again. Yeah, me and you were sharing a hotel. It was like a sort of like a small European tour within the European tour. Hey everybody, Danny here. If you have a minute, be sure to check out stories.net to learn about how we are supporting members of the touring community with your help. That's stories.net. S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S dot net. 
How is the world over in the States? When do you think there will be shows again? Um, I know a lot of people think it's going to be October. I don't think it's going to be until next year because I think people are still doing selfish, stupid things that are detrimental to other people and they're just not realizing it. And it's, there's so many different levels of it. And it's, we're not, I think I firmly believe, don't look at us for this. Look at you guys. Cause you guys will probably, <laughs> you guys will probably be, I could see, I mean, yeah. I mean, like if you, I, I could see like shows coming back there for like local artists though. Like, you know, turbo. Yeah. Like I think turbo Stott will be touring before any, any band in America is touring like in that level. Yeah. We will see about that. It's, it's not a band that would work with the conditions they have over here or they had over here for like, the summer where they had like this, this open air kind of shows. Yeah. And it's all stuff that tours that couldn't work on this conditions. It's not the way they, they play shows. Yeah. And I, I remember that um, I, I started this um, initiative right, right in March to, um, like we did the merch designs um, with, um, like this was, was the first be my quarantine <laughs> was, um, was a slogan. And um, the, the first idea was that uh, I just wanted to put out that, that design so that bars and clubs um, can use it to sell merch to regenerate money yeah. because I couldn't do shows and stuff. And uh, and I thought like, if you do like one slogan for everybody, it would have like a bigger impact if, if everybody would do their own thing. And then friends of mine um, who just like started their their own merch company said like we, we can do more than that. Like, like let us do the like the the business side of this like with the, with the shop and everything what so uh we did like this initiative uh i did another uh, shirt design uh, i asked befriended designers to do like different uh, shirt designs and we made up a shop where the system was that um, you buy the shirt and um, basically the way you choose your uh, shirt design and the size of your shirt mm -hmm. you can also choose for which club you want to donate the money you're paying for oh so shit. That, that we don't have to decide from the money we collect who's going to get the money the people who bought the stuff already decided Whoa. so we had i don't know we, we raised about uh, I think it was like 70, 80,000 um, euros within the first two months. And Holy shit. Like directed to, to different uh, clubs at a time. And it really worked out well. Like we did tons of interviews at that time for radio stations and newspapers, whatever, just like to, to ring the bell and to, to raise the money and awareness about what, what was happening. And at that time, I always said in the first interviews, I clearly remember that there will be the day where like everything is going to be like they will say now it's every, everything is okay you can go back to shows mm -hmm. and there will be shows everywhere like people on the streets like in every garage there's a band playing and everybody's going to be so excited and just like it's going to be crazy and it's going to be beautiful i think around about like august or september i just like realized that will never happen Aww. like the, the, the way back to, to shows, it's going to be a long, long way where people, like the whole innocence of, of rock shows is gone. 
people won't trust like the, the dude next to you who sneezes the girl behind you who coughs for whatever reason you will always like jump this one meter away from them it's gonna be weird for a long time even after like every can everybody can play again i and then- i agree <laughs> it's gonna be weird for a long time and i i think i think once i accepted that and once i was like look it's gonna be a while man like i really think in my opinion it's gonna be i could be wrong i we could be wrong and something could happen to where it comes back and there's tours in the fall hey if you learned anything from 2020 there's <laughs> there's always something that's could happen exactly like something could happen like there's there's 2020 was like the lowest lows but some really good moments but lots of it was it was a lot of like uh oh nope down uh, 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 down but i think it's we got to keep we got to keep just willing it and that it's going to be okay and but again once i accepted that it's not going to come back and it's probably not going to come back until like the end of 2022 in my opinion after kind of just poking around and doing some some research i don't know but Honestly, I think when it does come back, though, on the bright side, there's going to be a lot of grateful people. And I, yeah. I think I think it's going to be one of those things where anybody that's not grateful touring and doing what we do, anybody that goes back to it, it's going to be, they're going to get checked. And there's going to be a lot of people who are like, yo, be grateful. Just remember what we went through. Because I'll be one of those fucking people if, if when I'm on tour with my fucking big three, Big four, if you if you include fucking uh, the other band too that I worked with back in the day, but yeah, man, I mean, it's yeah, it's people got to be grateful, and I think that's gonna happen. Yeah, <clears throat> probably. Yeah, I don't know if they're all gonna be grateful, but just like being back playing shows, like experience shows, that I really miss like going to shows even more than like working at shows Dude. i really want to see a band again i know man it's it's uh i know and you said you had iron maiden tickets too yeah i got like four of them like they used to be pinned on my refrigerator oh. I, I put them up off at some point could... so it was too sad way too sad oh, to man. look at them again and they had like the second date for summer this year also in cologne um won't happen yeah not gonna happen see it's it, no, if, so the summer, the summer of 2021 already got canceled for them yep yep that's the thing man it's we got to accept a little bit of reality but hey it's all right this is this is we got to do what we got to do you know and we just got to keep going on even if the we have the memories you know we have some good ass fucking memories what am I, 80 or something? <laughs> I don't want to live off of memories at this point of my life. I know, but I, I don't either. But you know what? <laughs> I If I'm going to live off memories, I'm going to keep it to the positive ones because that's kind of what we have right now. We don't yeah. have any We don't have any present day touring happening. So like we, we have to live off the fun memories like of like, because dude, that story about like you and Alex talking about the cartoon and shit—that's fucking. That's a great memory. What's what's wrong with thinking about that? You know, right? That is that is true. That's actually that's uh, one last story from the uh, guest I tour. Um, 
Nah, it was not that bad in any way. But uh, as you said, that the reason I got on tour with you guys was not actually because you needed me. It was more like, like let's ask him and let's have fun. Like you, you could have done the job by yourself. Yeah, I would have had a lot less fun though if I didn't have you yeah, that, there. Maybe that, but it wasn't like for the reason that you really needed me. And uh, so I remember that when we went in, we went to Scotland, Ireland or Scotland. I don't, I'm not sure about that. Some somewhere in that de degree. <clears throat> and I remember when we started setting merch after the show when like all the shit got heated. Uh, I couldn't understand a word from, from the people over there. Like, it was really no help at all in any way. And I was thinking about, like, oh, damn, he's, he's going to regret it. Like, I'm, I'm not just not a help. I'm actually, like, <clears throat> the, taking t time off his work. So uh, at the point I was thinking about that, that I'm no help because I couldn't really talk to these people. I looked to you and I saw you was like a, basically red head yelling at this guy i don't understand what you're saying <laughs> there was a moment where I, I looked at you yelling at this guy and you were like a native speaking english speaker that was okay maybe maybe i'm not that bad of a help <laughs> i can do this it's gonna work well all right keep in mind i was probably yelling because the band was playing and i'm like you know how loud those fucking shows are my ears are damaged still to this day but yeah i don't mind you can't you can't understand a drunk scott uh yeah no offense to people in scotland but but i'm sure they can't understand a drunk me or drunk you either you know what i'm saying like yeah of course but i thought it was just like my oh yeah uh, ability to understand oh, them nah man and basically like you were in the same seat as i am yeah it's like, I you know it's every anywhere man you know we're all we're all on the same level you know <laughs> this was a blast man this is so much fun yeah it was really nice just like seeing you and talking to you like it was been really long time even I know, without man. We gotta COVID do this more. pandemic. We got to do this more, man. Like shit. I like, yeah. And I'm kind of realizing that with everybody I talk to, like, I'm like, fuck, I miss you. Like, let's talk more. Fuck. Like, I know everybody's got time. Like, Hey, like, let's, you know, it's great. I love it. You can do like a, a cat talk. I, uh, I get Milo, you get Odin. Oh, I'll get yeah, Thor. Thor, yeah. Son of Donut, man. We'll get the yo, we'll get the mod. It'll probably be boring. They'll probably be like, all right, guys, we don't we we you guys just start talking, whatever. But yeah, man, fuck, dude. This was great though, man. Well, yo, I know it's getting late yeah. there, so I gotta and I gotta, I gotta go eat dinner before my next podcast. But uh fuck man. Do that. Love you, bro. This was amazing, man. It was fun. Hell yeah. Alright, buddy. Be good. See ya. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Stories, an all-access podcast, is hosted by me, Danny Del Donuts. It is produced by Kenneth Fletcher. Our theme music is Storms by Personnel. Learn more about what we are doing for the touring community at stories.net. That's stories.net, S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S.net.